You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Good evening and welcome to episode 76 of the podcast. Cody Abrams and Melbourne, uh, happy to be chatting with you again this week. Uh, We are into March now. Guys, how are we doing? We're doing good, Harp. We're doing good. We were able to actually do something this past weekend. I got out camping. I know I've been called a psychopath at least five times in the last two days. It was uh, minus 15 where we were camping and we had to dust some snow off the tent in the morning but man it was good to be able to get outside and actually just like enjoy myself for a little bit instead of being cramped up in a uh in a uh apartment and everything yeah same here man it it was nice to be outside it might be the last weekend that we're outside for for the ice anyway at at our buddy steve's house we're out on uh, the river again playing some pond hockey and uh yeah, like the weather is up and down. I think this week it's supposed to hit like 15 degrees one day for a little bit, and that is just ridiculous. So I don't know if the ODRs are going to be good for much longer. So I'm really happy we got out this weekend, and it was an absolute blast. Um, so yeah, I'm just ready to to get into it, and we have a very special interview. So this is just going to be a, a quick to the point, pr- pretty short one here, cap or no cap. But uh, yeah, Hart, before I take over, how what? about... Uh, sorry, yeah, Case. I got, I got one story to tell okay. about... The well, not the previous time, but a couple times ago when I went camping, uh, I think it was in November, we went out and we brought my buddy Reese's dog with us. And this dog was about six months old, uh, chocolate lab, and he was really good. Like at, everywhere we went, we went on the paths, he'd be right beside us, he wouldn't run off too far. And then eventually, he did run off and was in the woods eating something. And we were like, okay, like we got to get him away from that, whatever that crap is he's eating. And then we get over and it's literal crap. It's bear crap. I mean, it had to be bear because there's nothing that (laughs) big in the forest that laid that big of a dump. So we get him away from it. And then eventually later on by the fire, he kind of pukes up a little bit and we're like, Oh, good to get that out of his system. And then he gets in the tent with us that night and we, we sleep. And then in the morning I, I start feeling like, his body moving in a weird motion. And I'm like, oh, I don't like what that is. And he pukes everywhere in my tent, in the sleeping bag, just all over the place. And it's not only dog puke, it's bear poop in the dog puke. Yeah. So <laughs> we were pretty lucky that that didn't happen again this time. And uh, we were pretty hung over that morning too. So it was not fun to deal with. No kidding, man, dude. I wanted I wanted to ask too, and um, first of all, I'm glad that that didn't happen again because that would have been gross. But I wanted to ask too because um, I I was hanging out with Paige on the weekend, and she I asked or your name came up. We we're talking about you, like what you're doing this weekend or whatever. I think we we're gonna go play hockey, and that's why you couldn't come or something. And uh, and so I told Paige that you were camping, and her first reaction was in the winter time like that's weird and i think i thought that to myself the whole time like camping in the winter like i don't do it i'm not a big camper in the first place but is there like and this a genuine serious question here i'm not even i'm not you know being stupid or whatever this is a genuine question is there like some sort of thrill of like beating the elements because it's cold like what do you get out of camping in the winter 100 for one we just we love you know two guys that prefer silence in the trees and 
we love camping in any season and, and it was kind of an accomplishment for us definitely the coldest we've ever been out is minus 15 so we were pretty excited to do that and it is a little bit of a you know a thrill where you you beat the elements you conquered nature and all that jazz and we weren't the only psychopaths we ran into quite a few campers um we were out in mccray lake it's near georgian bay and and we ran into guys with some rigs that were a lot better than ours they're like hiking through with snowshoes and their their like uh trail poles and and they're dragging behind like a train of sleighs that are has all their gear on it and we're just huffing it through with our backpacks and you know a, a bag full of empties <laughs> interesting yeah <laughs> any uh any ice fishing at all over the weekend case no no we didn't get to that but um that's definitely in the future as well You're now listening to Cap or No Cap, right here on the Boys in the Booth podcast. Good stuff. Glad you guys are doing well. I'm doing well uh, also. And uh, let's get into it. So we'll start with Cap or No Cap, uh, obviously. And uh, right off the bat, we're going to start my first two questions uh, about coaches. And the first uh is uh, is about Ralph Kruger and uh, and head coach of the Buffalo Sabers. So Ralph Kruger should not still be behind the bench in Buffalo. Cap or no cap, Chad? No cap, one hundred percent. Did did not even have to think about this. I have said this from the very start. And first of all, maybe okay. Let's back up. I got excited. Maybe I didn't say this from the very start because you look at Ralph Kruger's resume and it's very good and it, and it's very different. It's a different path um, to the NHL head coaching job than a lot of other coaches, which is what you want to see because we like that in the NHL. It's not something that happens often, but it's cool. You know, he was he was the general manager or some high up position of a soccer club, and then he, he did some things in the Olympics and and whatever. But now he's back and behind the bench of of the NHL team, and we did a whole episode of it. Harper. Explains it. He goes in depth on the guy, and it's pretty cool. But I don't think he is the right person for this job at all. There is no excuse for the way Jeff Skinner is playing. And no, it's not 100% Jeff Skinner's fault. You cannot play a $9 million player on your fourth line. I'm sorry. It's just not going to cut it for me. I think any other coach in the league rides it out, gives him power play time plays him with Jack Eichel or, you know, Eric Stahl in the top six, at least like either one has to go and it's either the coach Kruger or it's Jeff Skinner. And I'm going to tell you right now, nobody in the league is going to trade for Jeff Skinner. So that's my take right there. 100%. I think Ralph Kruger should not be the coach of this team because frankly, I, I think he's done a very poor job with line, like his line f- formulations and, and how he structures them and how he plays his players and he has good players he has to play them properly i think there's a ton of other problems going on in buffalo right now but ralph Kruger is certainly one of the major ones case yeah you know i'm gonna go ahead and say no cap as well i knew that we'd be in sync on this one chad because i think we both fully agree that he should not be the coach anymore and you know i could keep snowballing on the the talks about jeff skinner how it's completely ridiculous to say oh he was producing with uh curtis Curtis lazar Lazar last year so we're gonna put him on the fourth line like that's not really how that works if if a guy's cold you you put him with someone hot you don't put him on ice so 
that is crazy. But there's other things here. Like this team was uh, poised for success at the beginning of this year. Like everyone's looking at this team on paper and they're saying, you know, a great top six. They brought in uh, Eric Stahl and Taylor Hall. For one, like the GM's doing something right if he's bringing in Taylor Hall. And they got some good young guys in uh, Cousins and Darlene. And, uh, you know, we're kind of waiting on Middlestat. And and Tage Thompson was a exciting name. Um, and kind of just nothing, nothing's clicking. And I have to start pointing at the head coach when you have such great pieces and you're still losing because it, it's not these players' fault. And you can see that they've lost motivation. You see on like that breakaway play where Taylor Hall, I know he's at the end of a shift, but he falls down and kind of just is like, so All right. like you could tell that his body language is just sick of it. And, you know, Jack Eichel has been that way for a while, it, it seems. And yeah, this team's got a lot of problems. And, and one of the things that I have to look at instantly and say, well, maybe it's not the full coaching staff because clearly the special teams coaches have figured this out, but the head coach is not. This team's got the third best power play. Is that right? Harp? In the yeah. League? Oh yeah, and, and like the ninth best penalty kill. If if yeah. the Devils had that special teams, they'd actually probably be mid or or near the top of that division because they've played so well five on five. I don't know how I'm talking about the Devils here. They they've played so well five on five, and their special teams are so bad. You know, special teams can win you games and lose you games, and this team has great special teams, yet they're still not pulling it together, and they're at the bottom of the barrel right now. So, to me, all fingers at the head coach now. Yeah, you know, we know how this league works, right? You can't fire the players. You you have to fire the coach when things aren't going well. And and uh, the record speaks for itself. This team is in dead last. You guys know how much respect I have for Ralph Kruger, but enough is enough. It it just it hasn't worked. This team is not producing. Everyone is underperforming, especially when it comes to five on five scoring, like you said, Case. So uh, a change needs to be made behind the bench. I feel very sorry for Kevin Adams. He's got a hard job ahead of him uh, with the trade deadline a little over a month away. This is obviously a part of a bigger discussion. We could do an entire episode on the Buffalo Sabres. But I agree with you guys. Uh, Kruger has not managed this lineup the best way, and uh, the results are not there. So, all right, we'll move on to uh, question number two for cap or no cap and uh, sticking on the coaching side. And uh, that is Daryl Sutter. So uh, he is the right guy to turn around the Calgary Flames cap or no cap case. I'm going to say no cap again. I think that they kind of need someone with a, a little experience to come in there because this isn't just a young team. This is a team that has a lot of experience and has been together for a while. So I think there needs to be some sort of shakeup. I'm not saying that they need to go out and trade like crazy right now, because frankly, that's just impossible this year to make trades to improve your team. They need to trade with a Canadian team. And and really, we've seen the Canadian teams make the moves they're going to make if there's any big splashes left. So I think there does need to be a shakeup with Calgary. And I think that that kind of experienced uh, Ben around the block guy is maybe the right way to go here. Although, in the past, I've always said, you know, I, I'm ready for the the newer, younger generation of coaches, but I think he's the man for the job this time. Yeah, I, I'm on the fence for this one, but I guess I'm going to go ahead and say no cap. I think he is the, the guy for the job because I really think anybody else is the guy for the job. Just just anybody else. And, and whether it's Sutter or anybody else coming in at this moment, they just needed a shake up. And we knew that they weren't playing very well as a team. Um 
One thing I will say is uh, the the management. We talk about go back to Ralph Kruger in the last question. The management of a lineup. Well, same thing here. You know, you've got guys like Mangiapane who are poised to break out, playing on the third line, and that's just unacceptable. You've got to get him some minutes in the top six. Like this guy can score, so we'll see if Sutter does that, um, and that might you know. Put me on one side of the fence or the other, but right now uh, I'm sort of stuck in the middle. I'd like to see him be the guy for the job, and I and I guess we will see as the season goes on. But I would love to see Mangiapane start playing in the top six, and uh, so yeah, that that's my answer for that one. Yeah, Mangiapane is a very good player. You know, I think about another guy uh, like Dylan Dubé as well uh, on the Calgary Flames, and Brad Tree Living talked about uh, you know the fact that Sutter has been in Calgary before. We all know that. Uh, but also his track record shows that he gets the most out of his players. And I look at a guy like maybe Sam Bennett, who could really thrive under a guy like Daryl Sutter uh, and obviously Milan Lucic. I mean, he's arguably been the been the Flames' best forward this season. Very interesting, too, guys. It's a three-year deal for Daryl Sutter. That kind of surprised me a little bit, but there's also three years left on Brad Tree Living's contract. So he's kind of hitched his wagon to Sutter's. And I think he looks at this as uh, maybe uh, very well his last coaching hire as GM of the Calgary Flames. That three-year deal is kind of a surprise to me because like the way that Tree Living's been talking the last year or two is that they need a shake-up and they need a shake-up now. And if you give a coach three years, he's going to have a three-year plan. He's not going to be in there trying to do everything he can to, to have success right away because you know he has a job, really. So. Uh, yeah, I would uh, I would have liked to, to see a, a one year deal in there and be like, you better figure this yeah. out right now. <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah. see, boys. Well, uh, yeah. All right, uh, and uh, last one for cap or no cap. Today is International Women's Day as we're recording this. Uh, in the near future, we will see a female general manager in the National Hockey League. Uh, Angela Ruggiero, uh, she was on the Florida Panthers radar in the off season for their GM job. Didn't get it, obviously. It was Bill Zito who ends up uh, getting that job. But she was definitely in the running. And I think that this is something that we could see in the near future. So, Case, uh, what's your thoughts on this? Cap or no cap? I say no cap. Get a queen sweep here. No caps. Um, Yeah, I think it's 100% doable. I don't know about how near uh, future it is. Because I think that they really need to start developing some mentorships where where they get some... uh, know female assistant general managers or or i don't know kind of like a kyle dubis type role where they get in maybe at the ahl and then once they're in with the the system and in with the franchise they can kind of build their way up and I, yeah it's a hundred percent doable why wouldn't it be right and heck i'm sure probably going to be doing a, a better job than a lot of these old boys club gms that are out there and they're going to bring in a lot of uh interesting ideas and, and hopefully a lot of new ideas because this league let alone a lot of these teams need some change and need some some uh some different uh views i guess and i i will say that i think gm is is much more in the near future than than the head coach I'd love to see a head coach in this league as well, but I think that one's a little further down the road. Um, it kind of seems like all the head coaching jobs nowadays are, are to former players and they're all, you know, people that have been around the block and, and it, it's like, you kind of need that experience in the NHL to be able to, to coach NHL players and to have their, um, 
their respect, I guess, is as bad as it sounds, but it's more it's more of a where you played thing yeah. for me, right? Yeah, yeah, totally agree. I think, Case, that's a really good point to bring up. I think the coaching job, uh, head coaching job, is a little bit further away than the GM position for the for the points you mentioned. And also, too, just because, like, um, I think, like, a lot of players like that raw-raw mentality of what an old-school, like, gritty coach brings into the league. And now we are seeing a lot of new-age coaches as well who are, you know, getting closer with the players. So that gives me a bit of hope. But, uh, yeah, I definitely agree that a, a woman in a position at, at the GM level would make more sense uh, quickly than, than at the coaching level. But, yeah, I could see this. So I'm going to agree. I'm going to say no cap. I could see a, a woman in, in the general manager position of one of the forward-thinking clubs in the near future. And there are already a handful of clubs in the NHL right now who have uh, built up a, an arsenal of really good and smart hockey women. And, you know, you look at the Florida Panthers, you look at the Toronto Maple Leafs with Haley Wickenheiser working with their development staff. And I mean, that is mostly on the ice. But you mean there's and again, another point is the development of the NWHL as well. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, promise there. So there's yeah, I could definitely see this. The NHL needs it. We always talk about on this podcast. It's kind of become like a like a habit or a recurring theme that like there's this old boys club who like just get the job because of straight up you know, they know people or they've been there or they've done it and they might not be the most you know qualified for the position so i would absolutely love to see the nhl move forward and and specifically some some forward thinking clubs in the nhl move forward and make some moves and hire a female general manager in the near future so that would be awesome so i'm going to say no cap to that yeah, great, uh, great stuff on that front, boys. And uh, another person I look at is Alexandra Mandricki, who's on the uh, who's big into analytics and uh, was hired by the Seattle Kraken. You know, she's another one that I could see as a future GM in this league. And again, uh, I, I think whatever we can do to get rid of this old boys club in the National Hockey League, because it is guilty of that, like we've talked about many times on this podcast. And uh, you know what, guys? It's great be, uh, that it is International Women's Day because we have Kira Johnston, uh, live in-game host of the Ottawa Senators, coming up a little later on on this podcast, episode 76. So really looking forward to that interview. Uh, But before we move on to that, any more thoughts on anything else going around uh, the uh, the National Hockey League, guys? Yeah, I I had something I wanted to share, and it's it's kind of tongue-in-cheek so i don't know how you guys will react to this but it's actually what i just posted on on our instagram page i was playing nhl franchise mode i've heard some rumors of taylor hall maybe getting traded also heard rumors maybe he wants to sign long term in buffalo so you never know but if you're trying to manage assets and and you're you're kevin adams right now in buffalo maybe you're trading taylor hall and getting a pick or, or a prospect back in return but i wanted to to send a floater out there could the Maple Leafs be in on Taylor Hall? What would a trade look like? And do you think that's honestly something that could happen so he could play in the top six for the Maple Leafs? What do you guys think? No. <laughs> Stop adding to this nonsense Leafs fan logic where if there's a player on the market, the Leafs are involved somehow. It gets so old. You just constantly hear it. Like Connor McDavid could be on the freaking Toronto Maple Leafs trade. Uh, radar it's so sickening like where are they going to get this money who are they trading to get the money for taylor hall like if it's a trade and and 
Yeah, then you have to sign him. How much money is Taylor Hall going to want? He's having kind of a an off season, but he's not going to be signing for eight million at a long term deal. No. It's going to be a, no, so not a chance. Yeah. And it, it would be totally a rental just for this one year because, as you guys know. The Maple Leafs, to make it to the conference finals this year, just have to be the best team in Canada. They just have to beat those six other teams in Canada in the playoffs. Well, I mean, they only have to beat two of them. They just have to be the best team in Canada to have a guaranteed spot in the conference finals. So why not go for it? So throw out some names to me, to me, Chad. Like, how are they freeing out the uh, the cap to get a man at the deadline? Well, I'll tell you. So I I looked into it a little bit, and so Taylor Hall right now makes eight million dollars. Okay. The only way this will work is if Buffalo retains 50% the maximum allowable under the the CBA. So that brings it down to $4 million. At the time of the trade deadline, it's about 70% through the season. So his contract gets prorated to that. So his contract wouldn't be the $4 million cap hit. It would be much like significantly less than that. It would be roughly 70%. So you're looking at maybe, you know quick math maybe th- three million okay on that that's a curve foot you know that's a curve foot yeah and buffalo would be absolutely stupid <laughs> for that <laughs> trade like what else are you throwing in there five first round picks i mean we've got a first rounder this year we've got a first rounder next year it's for one season he's had a bad year he he's on an expiring deal so there's not a lot of value there i think a first and a roster player could get it done so I, I really I, do. I'll say that, you know, the only way it's going to happen is if it's for a rental, of course. And, and yeah, the salary cap is lower if, if that's the case. But I've got a couple problems with this here. Mm-hmm. Uh, for one, Buffalo gets rid of Taylor Hall. They get rid of the chance of signing him long term. If Buffalo gets rid of Taylor Hall, they alienate Jack Eichel even more. That guy is like, OK, get me out of here right now. So you... Uh, run the risk at pissing off Jack Eichel even more, pissing off maybe who else on that team, Ristolainen's back on the boat of get me out of here, all because you're you you know you're having one bad season. Well, I'll slow down there. I've had a couple bad seasons, but <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying. Like you're supposed to have a good season. Season it doesn't go the way you want, so you, you just abandon ship. Well, that's just going to hurt the morale of that team again, and, and it's going to set them back even further. Um, yeah, like I, I've got so many problems with this. And, and another thing, okay. one, one last thing, because it's something I kind of wanted to talk about, uh, is the parity in that division. You know, this is going to be a little bit of a, a paragraph here, so bear with me. But watching that division, there's been so many weird things that are going on. You know, Ottawa kind of seems to have Calgary's number. They, they can beat them kind of at will, it, it seems so far. Winnipeg can beat Montreal constantly, but then Montreal beats them 7-1. Uh, Toronto's got Edmonton's number. Edmonton's got uh Vancouver's number Vancouver has Toronto's number there's these weird little situations going on here and another thing is if you're bringing in Taylor Hall and you're making this trade you're you're losing him for seven games give or take maybe six games so you're losing him for six games so there's six games that allows maybe Winnipeg maybe um uh, Montreal or, or someone to pass Toronto for that first spot. So Toronto ends up playing a different team in the playoffs, which could be a Vancouver. And 
This is what I'm saying is that they have their number. And what does that mean in the playoffs? We've seen that Toronto could probably beat all these other teams last year in the playoffs, but they, if, or the years before, but they end up playing Boston and Boston has their number and Toronto gets out right away. So it's like, I don't know. There's so much weird going on in this league that I see if you trade for Taylor Hall and then he has to self quarantine when he, you know, crosses the water um, for 14 days, it's, it's going to be tough. So let me let me just say one more point. What, and this is just building on, on what you mentioned. You know, if if they trade Hall, they're alienating Jack Eichel and the rest of the club. What if it's just a rental trade and he still has the opportunity to sign in Buffalo and he does for four years times six million or whatever it's going to be? And what if it's similar to like a Brooks or pick situation who was bought out by the Capitals and then signed for a cheaper a cheaper deal? So it's like. And that was a few years ago. What if it's a similar thing to that, where he understands that the Sabres aren't going to make the playoffs, which, by the way, called it for like the sixth year in a row, like at the start of the season when there's all this hype, we said. But anyways, what if it's a situation like that? He understands they're not going to make the playoffs. He understands that maybe he can go win a cup with this team who's who's virtually has the best shot at winning the Stanley Cup in, in their history. I'm just saying, what if? It kind of makes sense. What if my aunt had nuts? <laughs> Well, she'd be your uncle. Yeah. There's a lot of what ifs there. And that's absolutely ridiculous to talk about because that's such a gamble for the GM, like for the franchise. Like that's such a ridiculous gamble to take. I know. If if I can jump in here for a second, Chad, I appreciate you for trying, but it's not going to happen. Toronto's going to acquire Mikhail Granlund at the deadline and uh, and Hall is going to sign, you know, a three year extension with Buffalo actually in my franchise mode with the Sabres. I think I signed him to a two year deal at seven million per or something like that. So anyway, not going to happen. Appreciate you for trying, though. And by the way, you can head over to boysintheboot.com and download our NHL 21 custom rosters. A lot of time and effort went into those. So if you're big into NHL 21 still, with all this extra time that we've got on our hands, definitely check out our custom rosters at boysintheboot.com. Guys, uh, if we are ready to uh, to move on here, almost ready to get Kira Johnston uh, on the podcast, a live in-game host for the Ottawa Senators, quickly wanted to mention... Walter Gretzky, the passing of uh, of Canada's hockey dad on Friday at the age of 82. Uh, just breaks your heart seeing uh, Wayne Gretzky with his uh, emotional speech uh, at his funeral over the weekend. And uh, so rest in peace to, uh, to a great man and uh, condolences to the Gretzky family. Uh, anything else, guys, before we get to our interview here? No, I'm good. That's everything. I'm, I'm glad you guys entertained my my mock trade because, it, like I said from the start, it was a little bit tongue in cheek. So, well, uh, good stuff, guys. Happy International Women's Day again! And uh, here is an interview with myself and Kira Johnston, a live in-game host for the Ottawa Senators. Enjoy. We now interrupt the podcast for a special message from our friends at Manscaped. COVID spring break is right around the corner, and you know what that means. Spring break in your pants. Manscaped is here to ensure that the party in your pants never stops. Even Veronica Corningstone wouldn't say no to this pants party. For everyone preparing for a pants party this spring break, we have an exclusive 20% off discount. Just use the code BITB20 at manscaped.com. 
Fellas, I gotta tell you, I absolutely love using this thing. I used to be a pretty hairy guy, pretty well all over, but I am trimmed to the bone now. And I'm thinking coming this summer, I might take up Olympic swimming because I'm so smooth down there. So let me tell you about it a little bit. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with a central lawnmower 3.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine. This is the best trimmer on the market for those of you in need of a chest or ball shave. This third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. You can also adjust settings to get a length you like, and you can stay on top of it with almost no effort at all. So don't ruin any vibes this spring break or upcoming summer with some peaking pubes coming out of your swimsuit. Be sure to use their Crop Cleanser Body Wash to keep your hair and skin feeling healthy and fresh. Inside the perfect package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer because we know how painful chafing can be when you're wearing your bathing suit all day. You'll also find the Crop Reviver Ball Toner, a spray-on testy toner that's designed to give your boys a little slice of heaven. And for a limited time, subscribers of Boys in the Booth get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag $39 value add and the patented high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped box I'm wearing mine right now. They're fantastic. So do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with our code BITB20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code BITB20. Say aloha to your new beautiful balls with Manscaped. Now back to the podcast. She is the live in-game host of the Ottawa Senators for the Senators Sports and Entertainment Group uh, and also the host of the Leadership Perspectives podcast for the Conference Board of Canada. Uh, Very pleased to have Kira Johnston joining us here on Boys in the Booth. Kira, how are you doing? Thanks for doing this today. Oh my gosh, I'm so great. Thank you for having me. No, it it, it was great to, to get you on and um, you know, we're talking off air, we connected a few weeks back, so it was finally great to do this. Uh, just thank you again for taking the time out of your busy schedule to, uh, to do this with us. Yeah, I was saying earlier, I think this is like the first time I've been on the other side, you know, being interviewed. So I'm a little nervous for this interview right now. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Nothing to be nervous about, that's for <laughs> sure. And, and like I said to you, it, it would be nice to, to be interviewed for, uh, for, uh, for a change, but uh, you get to be in that position today and, and we get to ask you all the questions. So that's great. Um, okay, so just uh, like we said off the top, you know, you're a live in-game host with the Senators. You have a podcast as well with the Conference Board of Canada. Uh, what made you get into the media side of things, Kira? Yeah, the media side of things have always actually been a part of my life, media and entertainment. Ever since I was a kid, my parents worked in the industry in some capacity. So I think as soon as I could start talking, my parents started putting me in auditions and doing voice work and working with them on set or whatever project they were working on at the time. So uh, from a really young age, that was a huge passion of mine was just acting, being on camera, entertaining, being a goofball, loud, annoying, whatever. Um, And then after that, It was super time consuming, but really great experience. I realized that I hadn't really tried anything else. And that's when sports kind of became my next passion. I quit acting. I quit 
on-camera stuff and I totally dove into volleyball. Um, you'd think hockey, but no, I think I was a little too old for that. But um, volleyball became my next passion. Uh, absolutely loved it. Sports taught me a lot. Um, and then I kind of realized I missed acting and I missed being on camera and entertaining people. So um, an opportunity came about to host an event. And, uh, and then one thing led to another and now I'm hosting sports. So like two passions came together. It wasn't like a clear cut choice to be in media with sports and hosting events, but just like one thing led to another where by passion sort of came together and, and now I'm doing it full time. No, that's great. Like you said, uh, with, with wanting to act and be on camera and also for the love of sports, you've, you've got the best of both worlds. That's yeah. for sure. So no, that's yeah. fantastic. And, um, you said, uh, you know, an opportunity presented itself to host live events and things like that. How did this specific role with the senators as a live in-game host, how did this opportunity present itself to you, Kira? That's got to be the number one question. People just say, how did you, how did this happen? Right? I mean, <laughs> Looking back on it, sometimes I kind of even forget how it all came together. But really where it all started was with the OHL. There was an opportunity when I was 19 years old to audition to become the host of the Ottawa 67s. I got it. I loved it. I did it for like three years, four years, all throughout university. Um, and then when I graduated, I did move away for a little bit. But while I was hosting the 67s and working those games, uh, I was at a restaurant one night. And uh, this is way pre-COVID. I, I met someone and her, her name was Jenna Sterling. And someone sort of introduced us and they said, wait, you guys kind of work in the same industry, same sort of job. You guys should talk. And sure enough, she worked in game production for the Ottawa Senators and I was the 67. So we added each other on social media, kept in touch. And then um, a few years later, she reached back out saying, uh, you know, Lauren Fine, who's been the host of the 67s for like five or six seasons. Um, is, you know, might need, might need a backup host. And so would you be interested in coming in and auditioning or at least just being on standby? You probably won't host, but just being a standby. I said, are you kidding? Yes. Oh my God. No questions <laughs> asked. I'm there. You name a place, time, whatever it may be. And then it all happened so quickly. I remember I went in, um, I, I shadowed her for a few games, which was an unreal experience. Um, and then the next thing I knew, I was doing half the game, she was doing half the game, and then she got an opportunity with the NHL in Toronto. And just like that, I was full-time host. And it was like in the ma matter of weeks, I went from not hosting uh, for a while to being the full-time host for the Ottawa Senators. So um, that's kind of how that came together. So if I were to say anything, it was like networking, so meeting people out, talking, putting yourself out there. And social media was a huge part in that, her reaching out to me through Instagram and us chatting, keeping in touch and, uh, you know, chatting about hockey, chatting about our jobs. That's really, that's really how it came about. No, that is such a huge part of it. Uh, it's about who, you know, it's about, uh, connections and meeting people and, 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 and interacting with others and that sort of thing. And, and I'm sure, uh, you couldn't have said yes fast, uh, fast enough oh, no. to that. I was all over it. <laughs> no, that's great. Um, so Kira, take us back to your first <laughs> game day broadcast do you remember the date how were you feeling were you nervous did something cool happen was there <laughs> a big uh, bench clearing brawl was there an ot winner that sort of thing uh take us through Kira johnston's first game day broadcast with the ottawa senators you don't mean the 67s right you're talking senators yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i don't remember that would have been like six years ago but yeah senators a like great question i remember yeah my first time actually shadowing Lauren was on December 23rd 
2019. So I didn't host the game, but I have a puck. The, the staff was so nice to allow me to keep one of the pucks. So it says December 23rd on it with senators on it. It was really cool. But the first game that I actually had to host by myself was a game against Montreal. It was sold out. The energy was wild. The rivalry was insane. So it was, you know, two Canadian teams, which was an unbelievable experience. But I'm not going to lie. I was tunnel vision. I wasn't really watching the game. I was segment to segment to segment, memorize this, memorize that, hit my cues, hit my spot. I'm not kidding. When I say by the end of the game, I said, who even won? Like what even (laughs) happened? Like I can't even remember what went down. So unfortunately, I don't have any crazy game stories, but I just remember the stands were full, like thousands of people up to the roof, which was unbelievable. And of course, we don't have that anymore, but hopefully in the future. Oh, I, I know. And, and with us being here in Brockville, you know, we're only an hour away. And so uh, usually, and with me being with Bell Media, you usually get some tickets to go to games. And, and I just miss that atmosphere so much. And, and what has this year been, been like for you, Kira? No fans in the building, the, that atmosphere that's just not there, the passionate fan base in the building every night. What, what has this year been like for you? Of course, it's been hard. It sucked. I miss everybody so much. That was, you know, beyond hockey. That was the number one fun thing to look forward to. Every single game was interacting with the fans. Um, so it's definitely way different. It's weird, like going into the building. It's very well done. It's, um, you know, very safe. You're tested. You go through the regular protocols, but it's very empty. Like as you can imagine, like everything is nowadays. Um, but they do a great job of it. So, you know, I walk up to the 400s, which is where the show is now taking place. It's a live show that we stream on YouTube. Um, and uh, I get to interact with the fans online, which is really fun. So if you watch the show on YouTube, you can chat with me in the chat box. You can tweet me, Instagram me, whatever, and we can chat like that. So obviously it's way different. I miss everybody so much, but at least we have social media to stay connected, which is awesome. That's right. And uh, you kind of went into it a little bit, but what is your favorite part about the whole thing? Is it the fact that you get to watch Senators hockey? Is it the fan interaction, like you just mentioned? Is it the fun contests that you get to do? Uh, wh- what's your favorite part uh, of it? Or, or is it all of the above? Is it that simple? Oh my gosh, I've never been asked that before. What's my favorite part? <laughs> How can I choose? Um, <laughs> I mean, right now it has to be being at the game. Like I, you know, all we do is stay at home. So having the privilege, like I feel so incredibly lucky to be able to go to the arena and watch the game live. Um, But nothing honestly beats the fans. Like they're so incredibly loyal and hilarious and so outspoken and energetic. So I'd have to say meeting the fans every single game, getting that energy. Um, So hopefully one day we'll go back and it'll all be back to normal. Yes, that's for sure. Uh, we're all hoping for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, Kira, with these game day broadcasts, you know, all people see is is the finished product and, and right. what it looks like on their screens in front of them. But I, I'm curious, what goes into uh, what goes into it behind the scenes? Yeah, there's a ton of people, like a ton goes on behind the scenes. I'm sure, you know, with even producing a podcast, so much work goes into it. Um, It starts even just so right now we have to set up Zoom calls and interviews uh, online with a lot of our guests, um, writing the script, coordinating the sponsorship pieces, coordinating commercials and episodes of Breakaway by Bell and uh, coming up with player packs and highlight reels, um, so much editing. 
um, sound, video, direction. Like there are so many elements that go into it. Um, but things happen so quickly that, you know, it's such an incredible team. They move so quickly and work so hard to get the games done. But yeah, one of the biggest things I, I work with Jenna Sterling quite closely. She writes all the scripts and organizes everything that I do on camera. Um, I've got earpieces in, microphone, and I'm listening to the direction of um, our director from the other room, from the audio room, and uh, just doing my best to keep, to hit the cues and watch the show or watch the game and keep up with people online. So it's many, many moving, moving pieces. It, it, it certainly is. And I mean, I, I have a little bit of TV experience when I was up in Belleville, just covering uh, one of the junior hockey teams up there and, and just local TV. And, and yeah, there is a lot that goes into it. You're trying to focus on the game and you've got yeah. your, your, your co-host there, your, uh, your <laughs> color commentator, you're doing play by play. You've got the producers out in the truck outside in the freezing cold in the winter, they're in yep. your ear, uh, giving you cues and stuff like that. So a lot goes into it. That's for yeah, sure. You, but, nailed it. Uh, you answered the question yeah. better than I did. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not a chance. But uh, but yeah, no, it, it's a great question to ask because I think a lot of people, they, they just see the finished product. They don't know how much goes into it behind the scenes. So yeah, totally. no, that, that's great. Um, Kira, what are your thoughts on the Ottawa Senators as a hockey club right now? It was a really tough start to this season. They're a young, rebuilding franchise with such a bright future ahead. What are your thoughts on the Ottawa Senators? I am a diehard Senators fan, no doubt. I was born into a family that loves the Senators, still love the Senators, watch every single game. So forever and ever, I'm a Senators fan. Uh, like you said, though, it's a super young team. They are beyond hungry, super exciting to watch. Um, yeah, a lot of young talent. Uh, it is a rebuild year, and it did a little bit of a slow start, but recently we've had a couple wins. Um, recently we had back-to-back -back wins against Montreal that went to overtime and a shootout, so they're keeping me on the edge of my seat, but at the end of the day, they're closing it. You know, they're pushing through. They're incredible to watch. Um, you know, I think Brady Kachuk is an awesome player. He'll be a leader in the team for sure. Uh, recently in Montreal's game, he scored two goals, a fight. Like he is just an unreal player to watch. He's an MVP in my eyes. Stutzla is obviously an incredible player to watch too. 19 years old. Like, are you kidding me? Unreal. Yeah. Um, Batherson super young as well. So, you know, a lot of these players are 22 and younger, um, and they're leading the way. So uh, yeah, I think that the the young talent on this team is is definitely uh, the, the star of the show right now, and I'm excited to see where they go. A bright future for sure uh, for the Ottawa Senators, and uh, how fantastic are those jerseys? Oh my goodness! I'm so lucky to have one or two. Um, they're beautiful. Uh, yeah, you can't go wrong. They're just so cool. They're such classics. So I'm very happy that we brought them back. My uh, my uncle, uh, James Cody, he uh, back in the day he, when he lived in Stittsville, he worked in corporate sales with the Senators. And my first jersey was uh, one of those white ones with the old logo now oh, that's yeah. back on it. So that is something that I will always cherish and remember. Really cool to see them go uh, back to their roots, as they yes. said, uh, with those jerseys. So, no, they are fantastic. To look I would at. love to see that. You should have worn it. I know. Well, I don't think it'll fit me now, but oh. <laughs> could have put it up on the wall behind me or, or something. I'll have to dig it out of the uh, out of the closet. But yeah, yeah send, uh, send me a photo when you find it. <laughs> for sure. Uh, so, Kira, there are so many great people in media in the Ottawa market. I've had the, the pleasure of meeting a couple myself, Stuntman Stu, obviously, and and a guy like Ian Mendez, who is now with The Athletic. But uh, uh, and before we hopped on this call, 
Uh, really enjoyed your interview with uh, John Trottier, the uh, the PA announcer uh, for the Ottawa Senators. Who has helped you along the way, Kira? Who do you really look up to? Yeah, I mean, John, for sure. He's the public address announcer for the Ottawa Senators, and he was probably one of my first friends that I made when I first came onto the team last year. Um, if I'm not speaking at the game, he is. Like, you know, if you hear his voice or mine, whatever, and vice versa, we we're definitely working side by side and he has definitely helped me a ton along the way recently. Um, taking a few steps back though, actually, when I was living in Toronto for a little bit, I reached out to Danielle Emmanuel, who is the host of the Toronto Maple Leafs. She's the in-game entertainment host. And I didn't expect an answer and she totally responded to my email. So she, she was definitely um, an inspiration to me. Someone I looked up to, I asked her a ton of questions about her career and uh, some advice and she was um, incredible to answer and connect with me on social media so she was a great uh, teacher in that sense um but yeah bring it back to the senators jenna sterling is my right hand for sure she above all has taught me everything i know when it comes to when to speak how to speak what to say um yeah she's been an incredible help um and i do have to shout out john again because every game i go in and i say oh my god how do you say this name how do you pronounce this name? Because <laughs> there are so many different ways you hear it. Um, and he has the official, official way of saying each name, right? So yeah. um, he's helped me a ton, especially with French pronunciation. In Ottawa, we have, we have to speak both um, hosting the games and he is perfectly bilingual. So he helped me a ton on that, in that sense. Those are some great people. That's for sure. And uh, they would help out anyone uh, looking yeah. to get into uh, to this business. So that is great. And uh, Kira, you have a podcast as well. It's called Leadership <laughs> Perspectives, uh, yes. part of the Conference Board of Canada. Uh, tell us about this podcast that you host. Yeah, I do have a podcast. It's so much fun. It's a lot of work, but it's so much fun. Um, I, yeah, I, full time, I work at the Conference Board of Canada. Um, it's a not-for-profit research institution. Um, and essentially, I interview our, our senior leaders within the company um, so whenever they come up with new research or, or new data packages or issue briefings or opinion pieces, um, I interview them. We talk about it. Uh, we, we cover topics across the board, like we're talking economics, human resources, um, inclusion, you name it, like sustainability, tech, innovation. We cover all topics um, and they're pretty short episodes. We, we, the, the research can be quite lengthy sometimes. So our purpose is to just hash out the, the high points of the research and really just quickly let the listeners know what, uh, what, they, what they found and what their findings were. And the episodes are usually 10 minutes or less. And that, that's about it. Well, I'm glad we, uh, we plugged that in because uh, we've got some friends. Uh, one, of our, one of our hosts is, uh, is from Toronto and he's got some friends up there who are very uh, business-minded and forward-thinking individuals. And so uh, definitely a podcast of interest to them. So no, thank you for sharing uh, that. And and you can listen to that on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, she is also uh, the live in-game host for the Ottawa Senators. You can uh, watch her on the Senators YouTube channel before, during, and after uh, Senators game day broadcasts. So, Kira, this was a real treat, a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate your time. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. 
Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth.